I'll try All this right, one. we are live on Spreaker.com. Early morning, once again, 8 a.m. Wake up call. You know, Mike Myers, you're like my bugle call in the morning. You know, it's like on the army base. And there he is. It is American flag backdrop. I feel like I'm reporting for duty today. Yeah, it's not it's not filling it fully, though, is it? Uh, the backdrop, you mean? Yeah. No, I still see like some stuff in the corner. Yeah, take I wasn't the trash out, you know, I wasn't prepared. It's okay. It's okay, Michael. It's, no, it's, it's not. You're too hard on yourself. Hey, I do hope you call mom today because today is Mother's Day. And Well, um, of course I'm going to call my mom. And uh, I hope all those listening today are going to do the same because, you know, she she brought us to this earth. Um, I am very, I'm going to actually possibly interview her for my Sunday pod today, later today. Interview my mom for the podcast. Oh, whew. I was going to say, if you're going to interview my mom... We're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited about that. We'll see how that plays out. Um, but no, today's today's a beautiful day, and um, I don't know if you saw, but mom, you know, she was she had to have a lot of patience with the situations for first seventy day seventy seven days of life, and she got us all through it, and now she got us here to twenty nine years. Pretty amazing. Seventy seven days of life. In the Nick in the NICU, the first seventy seven days. Yes, oh, sir. for you, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh my, yeah. Wow. So I'm kind of, and then what I'm hoping to do is, if I do interview her, I can use some of the quotes for the book that I'm writing about thirty years on this earth. So we'll sweet. See. Are you we actually getting it done? I uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Me neither. Nope. I oh, wish I was okay. though, but nope, not yet. Yeah. Uh, so you might be wondering, if you're just tuning in, why I have Censoring Thyself. Well, I'll play the clip later. Um, but I actually sometimes, and Michael, you've inspired me to just go live every morning and not pre- pre-record a monologue because I realize I left out one of the most vulnerable parts of my monologue yesterday because I didn't feel like it was fitting for the tribute to my friend Terry Warnin and or my friend's friend Terry Warnin. So I'm going to play that part today because it's just... So that when I listen back on the video. Cool. Cool. But yeah, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I felt compelled to censor myself. It's very strange. I find that if I can't, I've tried to script things. It just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't sound like me, but maybe it shouldn't. I don't know. Why? Like, what are you trying to script now? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Well, you mean the whole show uh, or just certain points of it? Well, probably the whole thing. I mean, you know, I want to put on the best me and uh, that would, I would have to rewrite that script. (laughs) Infant item. Is that, is that the right word? Infinitum, I think is the word. Infant. uh, Oh, infinitum. I don't know. I see. I'm not, I'm illegitimate. I don't understand words. Uh, No, 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 no. It's too early for this. It's too early for this. <laughs> Infant items like a baby, you know, like a diaper and onesie, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I've got to ask you, did um, you are a dad, but did you and Laura have kids too or no? No, but I met Laura uh, two weeks before she took her maternity leave. Actually, I think oh. my second wife thought that that might have been my child she thought that but that wasn't the case that might no, no way no way you know there's some things that i just find inappropriate one of that would be uh um well when i say infidelity let's not even go there because god has a different view of if you just think in your mind you've committed well yeah that is what he says although he also said cast don't cast stones if you have sins as well. I mean, that whole thing with Mary was so powerful, or or the woman that he saved from being stoned. So he's kind of like on both sides of the coin in that. Like, he forgives you, but he also tells you not to do it. It's those, like that term I've used before that you kind of sort of like, you know, conviction notices. They're, you know what I'm realizing, and I'm trying to stay focused here, which is difficult. Um, I project. Hmm. And I don't like it about me. I really, in fact, I 
pastor friend of mine, I just contacted this morning and I said, I, I thought maybe with between you and God, you could beat it out of me. And he said, no, I won't, but I have some friends. And I said, yeah, I, I know you and I'm sure you do. Guido and... Uh... Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I do, I'm realizing I do that. And it was a little... Just a little rude to uh, Miles McKee. He called in during the show, not realizing that I was podcasting. What, is he supposed to know everything about me? Man, I can be a jerk. Well, what I do think is interesting about you is, um, I don't know, it's just funny because you call, you call Mike up and he's literally like, yeah, I'm on the air. And we just have a regular business conversation on the air with people listening. Oh. And so, but why was I... Why was I perturbed? Because he should have known better. Oh, that's right. So you were kind no, of... No, he shouldn't. I know he shouldn't, but you were lashing out on him because you felt he should have known better, in other words. I was semi-lashing. Just a little... Like, just a little one. Kind of a playful, loving... You know what I'm talking... Not like the bathtub electrocuting, you know? I did put a shelf right above the tub for Laura's radio. Oh, my. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm kidding. Oh, I need to stop it. <laughs> I don't believe it, but I think it's hilarious that you say this stuff. Like, it's just, it's just, She's you, got see, you think I believe everything you say. I, I, I just think what you say is hilarious. I mean, I'm not that dumb. Well, you may find oh, out. Oh, thanks. Gee, gee. That's... No, not that you're, you see, now I thought about projecting that. But you did it on your own because every time you open your mouth, you see what I mean? I just don't like me. I am. Oh. See, at least you're more humble. Some people are like, what's not to like about me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I think when I'm on the radio side and just like, stick into the audio, I don't. I'm better off because when I do video, I like have to do all the acting and all that. So it's very. Do you weird. have some audio going on right now in the background? No. No, no, no. It's his cat and dog mating. Everybody, don't worry. No, there's there's something sneaking in the background. Some audio. Oh, I bet you I got a Facebook page up. I think that's okay. Go ahead, though. Hey, you ever heard of Gene Shepard? Gene Shepard. 710WOR host for years. Well, I just was introduced to his work. And he talked about creating his first audio, his first um, radio as a kid, ham radio, on the air once. And the way he was describing it is exactly how I feel every morning when I get my levels going. It's like, yes, I feel that passion. Like, finally, something's registering on my computer. Okay. I found out there's something leaking through audio somewhere. It's an advertisement for something. And if I turn down, wait a minute. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, cool. It was me. Oh, I'm glad it was me. Because I was going to get all over your case for being such a poor audio technician. I'll be, uh, I'm like your training ground to do the show at 9 a.m. That way you can get all the kinks out of your board on my show. And you, and you know what I just found out? Don't have anything on other than Zoom. Okay, well, I have YouTube. I have Facebook on. No, but that's you. For me, I can't have anything because there was this, some video thing was playing off of Facebook. You know, it's funny. I had that that happen, so I didn't mute the music. And underneath, very faint, you could hear it looping behind me. And I was like, all right, that makes me sound more interesting than a dry voice, I guess. So I'll just leave it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Was I the Facebook you. ad for Menards? Just out of curiosity. Mm. No, but yesterday, and we don't have much time here, but I ended up helping my brother-in-law uh, till his garden. Now, this and, the one that has COVID. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we I, I gave him a holy kiss. We're we're good. But um, I met a, a couple of interesting people. One was Mario. Neat little, uh, I, huh, you know, I, I mean, 
he's from Mexico. Okay, I was going to say Mexican. Does that that's that's not a derogatory? No, reference. it's the truth. Actually, he's a neat guy. And then I met this other guy. I never did figure out his name, but he's been smoking pot since he was thirteen, and thinks it's the wonder drug, and. Mm. It wants the whole world to know about it. And I almost made a mistake and I was going to put him on a podcast. But I, don't, I don't think I'm going to. I got to be uh, real careful. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, but it's nice that you got to know them and that you, uh, maybe you talk with them instead of just well, yelling at them for being from Mexico. I don't know. But Oh, no, 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 no. He was, in fact, he uh, does construction work for a company in, in Wisconsin. And we're going to ha- have a little bit of, uh, of uh, concrete work done. And I thought maybe I'd do it. Well, I think maybe it's best I stay away from it. Maybe we'll just hire him. That reminds me, I got to paint my wall. I have to do something because there's a hole in my darn wall over there and I'm very ticked about that. Did you get mad? No, I wonder if I got it though when I, if I somehow banged my head when I was a kid. I don't know how it got there, but I don't want Have you ever been angry enough where you've punched a wall? I Maybe have. Once. I'm just telling. I'm I'm sure probably once I did. Now that I think of it, I mean. So I'll tell you the, the best. <laughs> the biggest tantrum was I was prank called by a few of my friends in in high school. Uh huh. <laughs> but it was an ongoing thing. Like it wasn't just oh. one. And it was yeah. And I just got to a point where I started throwing all my shit around the room because it was like, what did I do to deserve this kind of you know, pranking disrespect. You know? Yeah, disrespect, exactly. Right? Now, we're all friends, so if they're listening now, we're all friends, but that was my one thing. I'll never forget that, though, because I was throwing things all over the place, and I was so riled up, and I started freaking out. It was... Because at that point, I guess I just had it, you know? Oh, yeah. I uh, li- I liter- literally grabbed my best friend by his shirt and threw him out my front door because he was in my house and was saying, hey, Myers, you want to smoke some pot? And I was furious with him. Later I did, but. <laughs> but in that moment, you want to throw out the window first. Oh, I was very, very. It's like, man, we are unfriended. And they didn't have Facebook then. Because you felt he was making a joke about you? Is that what it was? or what was No, it? no, no, no. It was, it, there was a part of him that I thought, there's no way. What? What are you thinking? And then later, here I, man, I'll tell you though. Now I couldn't, I couldn't. I'm so glad I couldn't touch pot or I'd be so paranoid. Uh, oh wow! I, it's not for everybody. In fact, no, I don't want to say it's for anybody. But I'm gonna back out of that because I don't want to. I gotta. I know. I gotta that's still a war. That's with, still a debate about pot, actually. Well. The real problem is I need to link up with Miles here. We're going to try right. a new mic. One, one last thing before um, yeah, I let good. you go. So Laura becomes a mom after you get with, you know, become her, yeah. Yeah. Other, her husband. Yeah. So you're a stepfather too. Is that what you're saying? Or, uh, Yeah. Very cool. But I, but, but, but I don't, I mean, you know, realizing, boy, there's a lot to that story. It's really pretty exciting. Um, but I know Josie, my stepdaughter, wow, I hate to say this, but probably yikes, better than any of my other kids, because I got to, I got the joy of getting to raise her from being a little tiny squirt. Aww. And I didn't get that with my other kids. And it's, you know, there's a reason God hates divorce. It's not good. Oh, the whole mess of it too. Who gets the kids? Yeah. Who doesn't get the kids? That uh, oh yeah oh yeah yeah. It's really too bad, you know. If, and if we would just follow his precepts, and there's well, a reason. And I might get someone on because the divorce rates are going to start skyrocketing after COVID, during COVID and then after COVID because some of these people can't live together now. In this well, kind of way. and again, I <clears throat> Laura keeps a. A gallon jug of antifreeze under the uh, kitchen. Okay. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> we we have so much fun as a couple. It is beautiful, and she's yes. got some comebacks that are just like. I realize I'm out of my I'm I'm out of my league with her at times. Speaking of antifreeze, I listened back to yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, Uh-oh. 
And yeah. yes, you were right to call me out because I did not word what Trump said properly on the injection of the of the disinfectant. So you were right to call me out on that. But I'm trying to figure out now if any liberals called into these control centers just to make Trump look bad. Like, oh, no, I swallowed this thing because Trump told me to. Like, I wonder if it was a setup. What an interesting thought. So you think, wow, sure, maybe. I don't know. So I'm going to investigate that. But uh, investigative reporter. Sometimes I do exaggerate what people say. And you and my dad have the same reaction. Don't go on the air saying that. It's not exactly right. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you just said I'm so glad we had this time. So I'm going to kind of play that Carol Burnett theme as our segue into the next. <laughs> okay. This well, next segment. Look. And I'm going to go still be live, which is um very rare because sometimes I do record my in monologue. But never again. I just wanted to be free flowing and off the top of my head. So. And, and and spontaneous, which is what gets me in trouble. Sometimes. Or does it get you more ratings? That's the question. My actually my my listenership is not all that hot. Which is it, fine. It is though very cool to see a lot of people come on the page about eight fifty nine ready for you. Eager oh, for you. you mean yeah, the chat room, those folks are just yeah. They they they're actually a part of my family. And before I let you go, I got to tell you guys, Radio Hope, 9 a.m. Eastern. I'll wrap up my monologue before then, and then you can turn over to Mike. He's got Miles McKee. What, for the third week in a row now? Third or fourth. I think the first one was Easter. Easter Sunday, yes. Yep. Which was, I forget what day. The 12th, so about a month ago. Good for you. Wow. <laughs> Good for you. All right, well, Michael, I know you got to get to go. And, okay. Uh, Stay right here. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm so glad we had this time together Just to have a laugh or sing a song Seems we just get started And before you know it Comes the time we have to sing Well, you know, if you look back at everything that we uh, just talked about here, and you look back at our interviews with Mike Myers, I mean, it is fun. You'll get a lot of kick out of it, I think, and we're just so real uh, about life. So, speaking of reality, what I did yesterday was I actually aired a video which was not really edited, an audio which was, and I kind of feel like I deprived you of my true thoughts here on Keeping with Alex Garrett. And so, I don't want to, uh, I don't think I want to record anymore because, yes, when, when you censor even yourself, it might have taken away from the essence of the conversation. And part of that was because I felt very much like I was talking to myself. I'm uh, talking about myself a lot more than I was about Terry, and I got a little subconscious, self-conscious about that. Because, yes, we both, we we have one leg, and Terry had lived on one leg for years, and he played sports, and I played sports, and it just, the parallels felt too, too real to me, that opening about my take on it and how I felt about the unique signature was taking away from the story of Terry Warnon. Well, today I'm going to play that a little bit because I just, I feel like I have to put a bookend on it. You know what I mean? Like a bookend. And so, and when I look back, I was like, this is very, very, um, this just feels very odd to lift the veil of behind the scenes, but I guess that's what Kimmy Real is. So, just take a listen to this for one minute if you have a second and sure i'm rolling on one leg i i guess but i want to also know i want to make it known that i my unique mark shouldn't only be the aesthetic of rolling on one leg it just shouldn't because i'm quite deeper than that actually i'm a very confusing person at times i'm very uh fast talker. I'm also weird. Uh, because I just, I don't know, I guess I just am that. But I also 
want to say that it, it, unique mark, as we talk about it with David Allen Arnold, is more about the um, the aesthetic, how you look. Well, if we can move past that and see the soul of someone who has overcome, like many adored the soul of, of Terry Wernon, then we'll be better off. And I do believe that. And so... Uh, I guess I just I felt so compelled to share that because I'm an oddball off the air. I'm not as buttoned up, although maybe you could tell on the air too I'm a little bit of an oddball. But my soul, um, I do try, and, and I hope you do too, try and keep it intact. And and someone who has done her best to keep it intact, to keep me grounded, to keep me around for 29 Mother's Days now, is my mom, Lori Sue Brockway. And I love her so much, and I, I'm going to talk to her more. So I I don't know, there's just so much you could say. I mean, she's been there. She's always kept me level-headed, even as the cameras would roll on this life in different ways. She always has kept me grounded, has kept me very, very level-headed she's kept me in check with my health she's been there just to make sure I had everything and now as I get older I so value my mom's efforts the last 29 years and I feel very bonded and connected to her every day during this quarantine so I'm very blessed to have my mom and I hope she does want to come on and talk about her motherhood story and her my grandmother and her mom oh man the lineage is just so rich with amazingness amazingness and I, I I am excited to share that with you but I also have a couple of other thoughts I want to talk to you about today so Nicole Maliotakis so I listened to Mike Connors uh, asked the lawyer Mike Connors yesterday on AM 970 answer I was just listening because they're friends And I hear Nicole Maliotakis, the assemblywoman in Staten Island, Bay Ridge area, New York City assemblywoman, <laughs> talking about a candlelight vigil that they're doing. So, I, you know, I messaged her, I said, hey, can, can, can I help you promote this on the podcast? Well, if you're on Staten Island tonight and you want to light up Staten Island, they would love to have you. The Borough President James Otto and Honorable Nicole Maliotakis, along with Vienna Profeta and Frank Dillon have created a night for Mother's Day, Sunday, May 10th, 2020, tonight at 8 p.m., where you can join fellow Staten Islanders who will light a candle, shine a cell phone, or flashlight simultaneously from 8 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. as a sign of hope and prayer that our community, uh, for, the, for our community, hope for the strength to fight on. Prayer for frontline workers, for those recovering, and for families who didn't have the chance to say goodbye to lost loved ones. And that number is just devastating. Those who aren't able to say goodbye. Hold a photo with your light, and we will hold them in our hearts. COVID-19 has impacted all our lives. We will send up this light as acknowledgement that we are in this together. On Twitter, you can find her at nmaliotakis, M-A-L-L-I-O-T-A-K-I-S, nmaliotakis. And she's really been fighting the fight uh, for the conservative movement for, for Staten Island for Bay Ridge. And she's often asked for the federal help, and what she's doing now is saying, hey, these nursing homes are trouble. Why aren't we investigating this? So she's actually called on the DOJ to do that. And I'm very excited to hear how those efforts go because when you have a mayor on Morning Joe in New York City saying, you know what, let's put him, here was the exact quote. See, Mike Myers, if you're listening, I'm not going to exaggerate anymore. I'm going to actually give people the exact quote from de Blasio because this thing from Morning Joe will blow your darn mind, will blow your mind. And now there's news that there is a, a Brooklyn nursing home operator 
tied to de Blasio land scandal, according to the New York Post. A Brooklyn nursing home operator is tied to a real estate scandal that rocked the de Blasio administration. Of Sonal and constituents who have family members at the King David Nursing Home in Gravesend, which is run by Allure. Max Rose, Diane Savino, Mark Traeger, Councilman Mark Traeger and Brandon are doing this. So, folks, is this a, a, a Democratic representative of Congress, Max Rose, who actually is Nicole's opponent, who's going to run against him? If they're, if this is, if this is, re- if, if the Democrats weighing in on this, you know it's trouble for De Blasio. And, and blood could be on his hands as well. But here was the most crazy thing he said. If the better care in that individual case is the hospital, of course that's a go-to option. But there's going to be a time when a nursing home could be the better care if it's set up that way. Oh, and by the way, those going back in the nursing home would actually still be COVID positive. So how productive is it that we put more nursing homes at risk by bringing uh, uh, people who have the COVID-19 back into back into um, those places. How is that possible? Why would we want to do that? (laughs) Why would we want to do that? So there's that. Now, of course, the other story nationally is that you've got the CDC director, Robert Redfield. You've got Dr. Anthony Fauci now self-quarantining after they were exposed to the White House aides, Katie Miller, and a valet of the president uh, who are positive. And Katie Miller is the wife of Stephen Miller, and she's also an aide to the vice president. I mean, this whole thing is now in the White House. It's very weird. It's very strange. It's very scary, actually, to think that our White House has been infiltrated by Corona. But not all surprising, I guess. By the way, one of the first scares they had was actually after CPAC. If you remember, weeks after CPAC, which was in February. Yeah, it was in February. Hello. This thing's been around for a while. Um, There were members of the CPAC convention that actually tested positive. And so... That meant increased testing for Prince and Trump. But now with Fauci... um, Now with Fauci going to be in isolation, he still is planning on... He still is... uh, He still is in, um, hold on one second. He still is planning to do a Senate hearing on Tuesday. Now, what I didn't know until I listened yesterday is that apparently the Senate hearings have been going on by phone. Yes, I said it. By phone. So, we actually saw some in-person people. We saw Mark uh, Warner. drilling oh no I don't want that line hold on drilling um, Radcliffe John Radcliffe the representative from Texas who actually shined during the whole impeachment hearing in the house he's becoming the director of national intelligence now for Trump he was grilled on Capitol Hill on Tuesday a great sign that things are moving forward at the same time you had SCOTUS hearing arguments by phone for the first time ever in our history Oh, let me not get into the fact that California is now going to be doing a mail-in voting. I think Trump has every right to be upset at that. Mail-in voting? You're telling me by November 4th we can't get our act together to be out in the polls? To vote? Is that what you're telling me? Or is it a ploy to get this whole thing pushed through? Again, are are the Democrats using coronavirus to push through? by mail voting because they know it will benefit them in the long run. If that's the case, then Gavin Newsom's efforts to try and keep California safe 
should, in theory, go out the window. His praising of Trump maybe go out the window too. Because now it shows his real side, right? It shows his real side that we could do by mail voting in California. I mean, how easy could it be? Oh, hey, you know, vote here for, for Joe. <laughs> I mean, this is um, getting out of control. So, Lamar, uh, back to this whole thing with Redfield, Stephen Hahn, and Fauci. From from afar, Dr. Redfield and Stephen Hahn will be testifying remotely uh, to Senator Chairman Lamar Alexander after they've decided to self-quarantine about their, during their potential exposure to the virus this week. Now, Dr. Fauci also has been quarantining, but... He still plans to attend while wearing a mask. That's what he's going to do on Tuesday. We'll have to see how that goes. And um, if he needs to testify remotely, the committee will accommodate that due to the unusual circumstances. So that's um, that's some interesting developments. First of all, the Fauci and these other folks having to quarantine self-isolate now is, is one big interesting thing. Second is that we're hearing stories of Congress, Senate, going back to regular business. Doing regular testifying. So little by little, uh, little by little. I know New York State is on pause till June 6th or 7th now, so we'll have to see how that goes. I don't think Cuomo changes his mind before then. We'll have to see how the lockdowns go. And by the way, there were more protests, you know, protesting this lockdown again. So, I just, um, I just don't know how the next weeks are going to play out. We have restless people. We have people that want to go back to work. We have people that are healthy. We have people that are being, are at high risk, but doing what they have to. Um, we have people... Who are losing business, who are losing funding, who are basically losing everything during this. We have now, what, 33 million? What was that? A million more unemployed. We have 33 million unemployed. A number that's sure to get worse. So, if the Senate can do their job. And... Congress can do their job. And oh, by the way, all their salaries are going to be paid for while doing this to this day, by the way. Then we have to also redirect these hearings to, hey, let's get a better plan in action to get people going again. Let's do that for the betterment of the country. You could do hearings on this months down the road, to be very honest with you. But right now, Instead of trying to grill Fauci, Redfield, and Hahn, Dr. Redfield and Hahn and Fauci, let's, and maybe they'll have better ways to say uh, how we can reopen. I hope that's a conversation in the Senate here, to be honest. But I, I just feel like it's going to be like, well, how did this happen? No, that's not the productive conversation right now. We could deal with how it happened down the road. But right now, right now in this very, very upcoming week, should be a bigger push to try and figure out how to open safely, how to get people back to work. I saw on the scroll in um, on CNN, someone asked the question that I've asked a lot, maybe not on air, but definitely off air, I think on air too. I've said, hey, you know, if they say masks are so crucial to being healthy, why not just Say to people, hey, if you're commuting to work, put a mask on it, and then come back home. If you can't listen to the workplace, wear a mask. I mean, why can't that conversation, what happened to that conversation? Because we had it for a few months, for a few weeks there. Oh, we got this great plan, CDC guidelines say wear a mask to work. I ain't heard one thing about that anymore since it's first talk. But I wholeheartedly agree. If you feel masks are a very freeing thing right now, to go in and get people back to work, then just have the states require people wear masks, and if they can, go back to work, go back to work. 
Because you don't want the unemployment line to keep growing. You don't want this to become the Great Depression. You do not want this to become a, a, a country of rioting and further damage, you know, more violent protesting. I mean, you thought the guns blazing in Michigan was going to happen. I would say just wait. Wait for another couple of weeks and then see how this goes. Hospitalizations are down now. And there's got to be a point where these hospitalizations can be at a point where you can, and I'm no doctor, but common sense would say, common sense would say, you've got to have, <laughs> you've just got to have this in play theory that if if, if if there's a decrease in hospitalizations and the hospitalizations keep decreasing, now the deaths are still increasing. Horrible. Horrible, by the way. But if the hospitalizations are still going low, then how come people can't start to go back to work? How come? How come this pause has to keep going? My friend radio host Mike Myers, you'll hear him at 9 a.m. Eastern, and my buddy Ed Delgado, the Caramel Conservatives, they all say, <laughs> they all say, question everything. David Allen Arnold said that the other day, too. And so I'm inspired to do just that. Because if numbers are going down, and rapidly going down, what level do they expect it to be till it's gone? I mean, how 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 can it be to zero in a month? It won't be. That's why something's got to trigger a reopening effect and if masks are the best way to do it then by golly do it if you feel if the CDC feels masks are working you know what just put a provision in there that says hey uh, masks to and from work during commute Simple as that. I guess it's not as simple as that. But in theory, it should be as as elementary as that idea. Now, I get it. You're going to have, on the subway, still homeless people here in New York, you know, still all over the place on there. And that is, um, that story develops. I mean, I've been seeing updates that say, you know, they're doing a great job cleaning, but the homeless are still there, and... The one thing is you cannot get through to a homeless person the way I think they're hoping to. I mean, you try and give them food on a regular day, they may just reject that because they want something more. And while they're hungry and they might need food, I mean, the, the they also want money. So imagine you can't even give them food because they want the money instead to do who knows what with it. Well, the, the motive is clear, right? Because we've seen in San Francisco, what are they doing? They're feeding them drugs, alcohol, and everything just so they don't go crazy in the stores, I guess. Instead of trying to wean them off, they're saying, no, no, have all this. We're going to keep the good people locked in. And uh, Okay, I shouldn't say homeless people are bad people. They're not. They're not. There are actually some very good people out there. But in San Francisco, when you start bringing, accommodating those people, those the addicts, the alcoholics, the substance abusers. When you start catering to them during the quarantine, people who are like that. People who just want to go back to work are probably going to scratch their head, right? One would think so, anyway. And so, it's not a surprise that the city still cannot get all homeless off the subways because a a lot of them are still very defiant. A lot of them don't want to be touched. A lot of them don't even want to be helped. They just want to sit in their corner on the subway and, and that's it. So I'm not surprised. And it's it's sad. But this is the <laughs> this is the reality we face. And now one other story that I thought was very interesting, and I, I got to pull this up because I think it was in my friend's group chat here. Hold on one second. 
according to the New York Post, or according to Gothamist, actually, there was heroin in a coronavirus packaging seized in $1 million drug bust. Oh, yeah, that's still going on, too. Two things there. Scams are still going on. And so are busts. It's very interesting that the cops are still working to get those. Yeah, there's social distance enforcers and all that stuff. But look at this work. Six individuals arrested with connection with a large-scale drug mill that operated in the University Heights neighborhood of the Bronx and distributed, oh my God, coronavirus and 24 Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant, heroin throughout New York and New Jersey. Charges stem from a long-term investigation into an alleged narcotics trafficking operation in New York. 120,000 glassine, glassine envelopes of suspected heroin fentanyl worth over a million dollars, as well as $25,000 cash. And, and by the way, I will say this again. People who want to cause trouble will do it on a da- daily day, on a regular day. But now they have extra ways to do it. Now they can scam people out of money during the COVID-19. Now they can find ways to truly exploit this horrible, horrible disease. And they exploit it. Our enemies are exploiting it, everybody. Even homegrown enemies are exploiting it through drug rings that still continue during this day. Which makes you wonder why the substance program is happening in this hotel in San Francisco. Makes it makes you wonder why they want to commandeer these hotels. What do they want? They want to supplement people who are abusers instead of helping them? New York's like, no, we're not going to let that out. We're going to shut it down. We're going to shut it down. And so, I just hope you're safe. I hope you're out there doing okay. I hope you're out there living and doing what you need to to live through this. And I'm so glad that our military is combating our enemies overseas. I'm I'm also so glad that our homegrown feds and police department. Yes, they have some for social but but they're also cracking down on drug rings like this quote unquote coronavirus package. Because if there was ever a time where you can release someone from the jail during this to prevent them from having COVID, if there was ever a time for them to say, you know what, perfect time to commit a crime, they will do it. And crime is what, seen a 6% uptick, I believe, I saw, I heard. Hello? Hello? You're shelving the good people and letting the criminals out on the streets. Fair game. Something's wrong here with that. Something is wrong here with that picture, ladies and gentlemen. Something is wrong with it. And we have to fix it and figure out why. That is something we have to question, too. And then the other... And by the way, this shooting down in Georgia, and also Indianapolis, this police shooting. Horrible. Just horrible. I don't know why it took a few months for the Georgia shooting video to be released, but I'm glad once it was, the police department down there were on it. They arrested the father and son for shooting and literally hunting down Ahmad. Let me see what his actual name is so I don't botch it up. But they found the guys. There will be justice for that family. I'm just trying to figure out why it took them weeks. Amon Arbery. Why it took them weeks to release the video. Months to release the video. I don't know what that reasoning was. I've got to research that more. But there was justice there with the arresting. And I just think this week we could see more justice for people. 
I hope we do. I hope the justice is that some of these governors realize once they see the criminals down there, hey, you know, why don't we just balance this out with the good people that won't do anything? That maybe actually could stop the bad ones from doing it. That's the other thing. When you put them on certain social distancing enforcement, as Bob Capano mentioned, and not these criminals, it's fair game. No one's out there to stop them, so they're going to do whatever they want. And that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the case at all. Hey, listen, I, I'm i going to be very sensitive when I say this. For those who are somebody their mom say, have a very happy Mother's Day. For those who actually have lost a mom, know that she is with you in spirit today. For those who are expecting, oh man, that's going to be a joyous time. When you have your first year, year, year kid. And for all of us, let's take the nurturing, the loving, the care, caring instincts of our mom with us. Let's carry on what they've taught us through the years into our own lives. And be be making the world better uh, for it. Our moms are fighters. They fight to keep us alive. They do whatever they can to keep us alive. And that is just one of the most admirable traits ever. And they're always there for us. Through thick and through thin. And mom, Lori Subrakwe, I love you. And I can't wait to talk to you later today. But for now, Radio Hope, 9 a.m. Eastern. Tune him in. I'm sure he'll he'll have Miles McKee on. Then he'll have, I'm sure, some thoughts on his mom, who, as you know, he, he got to visit a couple weeks ago and I still talk to. She's 90. She's still very vibrant. And um, I'm sure he's just got some thoughts on that. Radio Hope, 9 a.m. Eastern. And then whenever that interview I do with mom is, is complete, you'll hear it back here on Keep It With Alex Garrett. And do not censor yourself. Let your thoughts be live. Live, live, live. That way there's no chance for editing. And there's really not. I mean, when you're live, you can't literally edit on the fly. It's just what comes out of your mouth. And Radio Hope, thanks for continuing to listen past our appearance, your appearance today. It's always fun. And, um... Yeah, I'm just, I'm glad to turn another corner. And I don't know if I told Mike this, but I think I did. He inspired me to actually get this whole ship rightened. If you remember, Thursday morning was a disaster. And uh, Mike rightly called me out on it during the show, uh, my show. And his a little bit, I heard that. But he he was right to do so, because I was totally not prepared. Now... Knowing that, and fixing it, I feel like I can, I'm fixing the equipment to work, you know, at 8 a.m. instead of 8.15. There's some different energy that goes into this when you're not worried about the equipment, right? You could just say something instead of worrying about whether you're getting a level or not. <laughs> it's just, it's pretty cool. And and while I'm on the topic, really quickly, I want to see if I can cue into this, where um, I was introduced by Arthur Miller, the, the father of Zach Miller, Truck Stop Radio. To Gene Shepard. Now, Gene was a local guy here in uh, New York City on WOR 710. And um, he had said this incredible thing. I'm trying to pull it up here. Hold on one second. He had said this incredible thing. About, uh, about ham radio. And how he started it up. It's it's very fascinating to listen to. I've got to figure out where it is. And uh, maybe later in the day I'll find it. Uh, but for now, I'm Alex Garrett. Time's running short. Have a great rest of your Mother's Day. If you do not come back for the interview, I'll still post on social media. Don't worry. Alex, Real Alex Garrett is my Facebook page. Alex G in NYC is my Twitter. And um, 
Let me just see here, because it is rolling. Let me see where we're up to. You want this W9 Triple uh, X here? here we I go. recognized him as one of the great famous hams of the area. You know, it's like talking. It's like if you're an aviation nut and all of a sudden you're hooked up with Lindbergh. You know, I mean, you're down at the flying club and you two are discussing flying together. You know, and he comes back to me and he says, mm, uh, "What'd you say the uh, handle was? I don't remember working you before. I just thought I'd call you. You're messing up the band." Uh, you're you're lousing up the frequency here. It sounds to me like you've got a little downward modulation, and I don't think you're final. It, it sounds a little bit like you're a lot of parasitic. Radio, there. is this you talking to me in spirit right now? And club, and you two are discussing flying together. You know? And he comes back to me, and he says, mm, uh, "What'd you say the uh, handle was? I don't remember working you before. I just thought I'd call you. You're messing up the band." Uh, you're you're lousing up the frequency here. It sounds to me like you've got a little downward modulation, and I don't think you're final. It, it sounds a little bit like you're a lot of parasitics there. And uh, not only that, it sounds to me just a little bit like your neutralization is way off, man. I just thought I'd call you. I didn't want to get involved in any long rag chew. Uh, you better look into it, old man. And uh, I'm going to QR, QRT now. I think I'll pull a switch, and uh, don't bother to come back. You sound rotten. Uh, don't bother to come back, old man. Uh, it's all right, fellow. Uh, your signal here is about, I'd say, around a Q3, Q2 to 3, about an R2. Well, so he goes on to this whole thing about ham radio. It's, it's very fascinating stuff. And, um, by the way, you got to listen to him. Gene Shepard, thank you to the Millers for introducing me to him. And this week, we lost another radio legend, by the way, Barry Farber. And I, I know some of the radio biz are are very saddened by that loss, and uh, he, uh, he he made his mark. He, he is known as the pioneer of talk radio here in New York City. So there you go with that. Barry Farber passed away. A little bit of Gene Shepard. I just love this. I love this medium. I love seeing the levels tick up for me and, and, and just talking, and whoever's listening is listening, and it's so cathartic, right? That's what we talk about. It's cathartic to do this day in and day out now, and it gets me really on the good foot. The only one I have. With that, I'm Alex Garrett. Talk to you later. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>